The only metric that matters is convenience. If it's more convenient, nowadays the younger generations will go for it. Um, so if they can end-to-end within their preferred platform of choice, view a product, find out the reviews of a product, demo the product, trial the product, buy it, have an Uber bring it to them, uh, all within the space of 20 minutes, they're going to opt for that shop on their platform of choice whenever they want. Warning. This podcast may include hard-hitting truths, shocking revelations, and outrageous social secrets. You won't see your life in the same light after this, but if you're ready to face the reality of an always online world, keep listening. This week on Social Minds, we were joined by a very special guest, and that is Kat Callow, a futurist in tech who's worked with big brands all over the world. Now, what we wanted to ask Kat was all about the future of augmented reality, visual search, and what that's going to mean for commerce at the end of 2018 and in the beginning of 2019. Now, we've seen all the major players in tech and social media, Snapchat, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Instagram, all getting involved. So there are big things to come. Yeah, being so being a futurist, Kat Callow is closer to Silicon Valley than most. So she knows a lot of what's going to be happening towards the end of the year and also in 2019 and beyond that, to be honest. So the big things and the big story at the moment is social commerce and the integration of AR. So we've had stuff like Snapchat teaming up with Amazon to launch new sort of AR lenses that will be able to recognize products and Facebook are making a lot of noise as well. And there's talk about Instagram moving more into this AR camera-led uh, shopping experience as well. So Kat had loads of interesting insights that you are really going to love. And there's a lot of exclusives in there and some real, real interesting points for next year and beyond that. So really, really hope you enjoy this one. I'm going to take this opportunity, as I always do, to ask you if you are listening on anywhere where it's possible to leave a review, please do. We'd love to hear what you think, as we always do, and love some of the reviews that have been coming in so far so tell us what you think hope you enjoy it what part will visual search tools and ar play in the future of social commerce Um, Well, it's a good question. Um, I think at the moment we're starting to see a race emerge for visual commerce. There's a few reasons you can look at in terms of like human behaviours and what's going on in society for why the big players are making such a punt um, at the moment for that. You can basically see that in all our technology, the, the verbatim and copy itself is eroding. So it started with like emojis and how we load up video content to social channels and we simply became a more visual Um, society Mm. above and beyond words Um, they've got an interim at the moment where they're using voice commerce voice searches are up that's been really successful for a lot of the platforms but all of them are working on the new frontier which is visual search um, purely because they know um, that with camera use and the way we're using platforms at the moment um, that that's the next big uh, monetization that they could have on platform in terms of strategy And this is obviously everything from, say, taking your phone out and pointing at, say, a product and a QR code and that suddenly come up. You can buy these trainers that this influencer has shown. What what are the... We we talk about AR-led shopping and and it's like, you know, great, it's so exciting. But what what are the main benefits to the free players in this, I suppose, which are brands, platforms and the users? Because I expect they'll be different between them. Well, definitely. Um, I think that's a really interesting question because there's always got to be a why in everything we do with tech development. When we lose the why for all three kind of key areas of that, that's when something doesn't reach mass adoption because it hasn't been useful Mm. to the key players. 
Um, I think the the brands themselves, it's an easy one for me because I've been working brand side in-house for quite some time. Um, and when you are using the AR search, um, it means that you can have trial of product online, which is going to cut any real estate costs. It means that you can display to the consumer a part that we haven't been able to reach in e-commerce prior because now you can completely demonstrate the product mm-hmm. direct to the mm-hmm. consumer. When we go direct to consumer rather than through uh, a third-party e-tailer, of course, we capture that data as well, um, which means that we can learn more and we can intersectional, we can target that consumer, and we know where the uh, attribution metrics of the sale are, which is more than useful. Um, But then for platforms, I think it's their commercial offering and staying relevant. They are all roadmapped and working on um, social immersion. So more immersive techniques um, to keep people engaged on the platforms. Um, But this is an area, if they can tie something that's purely been entertainment-based or gamification to something commercial that the brands would pay for, obviously they all work off a media buy basis. Mm -hmm. That gives them new revenue stream. Uh, And then I think the consumers, uh, it's pure convenience. So I'm a big fan um, of like the only metric that matters is convenience. If it's more convenient nowadays, the younger generations will go for it. Um, So if they can end to end within their preferred platform of choice, uh, view a product, find out the reviews of a product, demo the product, trial the product, buy it, have an Uber bring it to them uh, all within the space of 20 minutes, um, they're going to opt for that shop, you know, now. Uh, on their platform of choice whenever they want. So do you think with that in mind that this sort of AR-led shopping is going to replace the high street? Because we talked a bit about it yesterday and it's been you've been hearing it for years that the high street is dying and, you know, retail is not going to be the same as it was. But there still remains a demand for people to go to the shops and pick up something and hold it. True. Um, I'm not like a, a naysayer on bricks and mortar. I think that the the two are going to have a even enhanced uh, shopper experience in the future because they can now start to merge online and offline. Mm. So there are many ways um, right down, like you said, QR codes right mm. back to basics mm-hmm. um, or coming out into the visual recognition within store. So, for example, rather than relying on the Salesforce staff at the point of sale, you can rely on the consumer to scan a product or box and get more information on it that way. That means that brands are able to start taking data and consumer footprint from the shop online, which they've not been able to do before. So I'd encourage anyone that works in the retail side of bricks and mortar, rather than feeling like it's us versus them, Mm. to just see it as an enhanced shopper experience that can both work together. It's completely possible, of course, that in the future we'll see less and less bricks and mortar shops but it's not, nothing is certain, it's not a definite. Yeah. And I think it's interesting what Amazon are doing at the moment as well. So all the big e-tailers are now going bricks and mortar. So mm, Amazon yeah, launched Amazon <laughs> Go in the US. Um, so you're almost seeing like a reverse engineer strategy that if they're a big e-tailer, they're actually going to hit the bricks and mortar streets next. Mm. So they're um, sort of realizing that it's, you know, that more of a multi-channel strategy, including absolutely everything. Well, it's still yeah, majority so younger generations that will shop online. So if you had uh, an extremely profitable and wealthy e-tail business that had, say, 86% uh, Gen Y and Z shoppers, if you wanted to grow your market share, you would have to start targeting X and boomers and of course they are still going into bricks and mortar stores so your next frontier would be entering um, the high street Mm. 
You mentioned uh, Gen X and Boomers. Do you see much scope for adoption among those generations with, with stuff like AR tech based on past things we've seen? So I suppose uh, growing up, we never thought to see our parents and grandparents on Facebook. Yeah. And now look at look at yeah, now. It's, now that's uh, like most, mostly... My mum's obsessed with emojis. <laughs> exactly. I think they have as much fear of missing out as the rest of us. I think that uh, my parents are certainly always curious about what I'm up to, especially what my job is. Mm. They're still to this date not able to explain to anybody exactly what I do. They say something to do with digital. Um, but um, <laughs> I, have, I mean, I have literally seen... Um, I released um, a Facebook AR gamification for Snake under the Nokia mobile brand. And some of the data on that, it's majority uh, Gen Z and Gen Y, of course, but 12% is um, over the above, which for their estate and their user base is quite substantial. So mm. I think it, if we can still share things online on platforms, so if someone is sharing a product demo, uh, and you can open the camera effect direct in your newsfeed and it's easy to click the button. Again, it would all be about convenience. Mm, mm. Um, I don't see any reason why it couldn't be adopted by X and boomers. And then we, we've, we've talked about the generations as well, but also the platforms. So we saw something massive in the past few weeks, which was the coming together of Snapchat mm -hmm. and Amazon. Mm. Yeah. So I'm keen to know that with all these platforms, who's really leading the, the race with these AR-led experiences, particularly when it comes to shopping? Because mm -hmm. uh, it, it seems that everybody wants a piece of the pie and everybody's got their own mm. sort of... Once you predict one thing, someone else comes out with something and you're like, well, what's actually happening? Oh, exactly. Mm. We'll, we'll never know like the true facts of the situation until we're like, sort of behind the doors and around the table with them. Yeah. But I think it's easy uh, based off their hiring drives, for example, to make good assumptions of who's going to be growing in the space and who won't and what their strategies are for that. Um, Snap's done, you know, it was quite a surprise move, I believe, in the industry. I don't think people were expecting them to sign a joint business partnership with Amazon. It has given them the entire Amazon catalog now. And it has, you know, historically always been still a front camera facing heavy app. So this mm. is now putting more focus on the back facing camera app and what convenience they can give their users through that. Mm. So it's a very um, smart move, but it's not to say that the others uh, can't come up with equally smarter strategies. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it's completely possible that Facebook, for example, would start to reverse engineer business partnerships. So um, they would go to large e-tailers um, such as ASOS and rather than having them go through camera onto platform as Snap will with Amazon, they'll have them from e-tailer onto platform. Um, they could easily integrate, embed the camera functionality to trial on e-tailer platform and that would of course grow their camera use exponentially. Mm. They'll have mm. traffic going direct into theirs rather than traffic coming out. What would you do if you were at Facebook and you were head of AR at Facebook and, and what would what would your roadmap be? What would your plans be? What what, what where, where, where do you think they if, can If really... I was so lucky. Um, <laughs> so I think that um, they have a good opportunity to work with e-tailers directly to embed the technology and put the product trials onto e-tail platforms. That's something that would cost them relatively little as a business partnership is going to drive a lot of the use case. I think what they need to watch out for is the adoption and scale of this. And that's an easy place where they could play to drive more users. Um, They've also got some easy, quick wins that I'm, they could be working on right now. So 
I know that a lot of the brands and the developers who are already on Facebook AR camera, they're looking for things like messenger codes to be available so mm. that in point of sale, they can drive direct to their camera effect. Um, right now, you'd have to do your own QR code, uh, add the URL and, and have it manual. They don't have the automatic um, codes. Mm. They could certainly do more branding around the camera logo itself. Um, I think when Live didn't quite um, grow as fast as they would have liked it to, they brought out a huge ATL campaign, TV, outdoor, um, and they were able to kind of uh, push a more native growth for Live. Mm, um, I don't see any reason why that can't happen for camera mm. or as a minimum, now Shazam has been taken by Apple Music. It's no longer going to have the commercial arm. So there's a space for what was the Shazam logo that consumers recognized as a call to action that people could see an offline point of sale. And if they've done enough to drive the logo of camera, the user will know that there's AR behind that offline and to scan using the camera. Um, but maybe also some search tactics as well. So when you are even already an active user of camera, um, you can't at the moment search the library or you can't get sponsored results, for example, and brands certainly can't mm. use media spend to push their uh, effect forward as they mm. launch. Mm. A user can only go into camera and scroll along until they find it. And which, this is the problem yeah. of discoverability, isn't yeah, it? There's a little bit of a problem with discoverability, um, but it's an easy fix and something they could improve um, quickly. So you expect them to do so? I would hope that they, um, you know, I'm sure that the, the Bright Sparks and development team at Facebook, that's an easy um, add-on. Mm. But also I know that at the moment it's free to use compared to Snapchat. So mm. anybody can go uh, in the Facebook AR studio, even a novice who doesn't work in industry, learn how to do it and start building AR camera effects, which mm. is great. So it's accessible at the moment uh, for brands and developers, um, but they just need to push the consumer use of it. And also for themselves, um, in terms of visual search and where it's going as a media spend and landscape, it would make perfect sense to commercialize with brands that would be more than willing once they've built a good effect to sponsor mm. it, um, yes. to, to start pushing that out. So I'm curious because you're saying, well, it's obvious they need to push it to the users, um, which is arguably something Facebook's been struggling with recently. Why haven't they used Instagram yet? Because they know that's where they have a mass engaged following that yeah. would likely pick it up and, and use it well. Um, well, they did announce um, about three months ago, four months ago, that they will bring out AR camera for Instagram. Really? Do we know when that will happen? Um, they said Q4. Uh, 18 um, but the AR studio community on Facebook little shout out to those guys um, we ask every day um, when is the Instagram uh, launch happening so there's not a confirmed date yet right um, I would guess that seeing as how there's been some silence that perhaps we're actually now looking at a Q1 19 uh, but would be very happy to see a, a q4 18 it, it, it's possible that they didn't start with their most visual platform because they wanted to test and learn on facebook as a um uh 
potentially less high profile space now should yeah. something not have scaled or should they needed to work on tweaks like learning that the community wants search and paid sponsorships and yeah. we want um you know qr specialist uh, messenger codes and so on that can go on offline touch points yeah things like that that's interesting that they're actually using their main platform as a testing a, bed that, now for instagram yeah. instagram's really really taking that sort of prize possession stance that's that's how it seems yeah and i'd have to say it's um but also as well i suppose you've you've got um i wouldn't say sleeping giant because google or anything but are they but you've also got google don't count them which out you throw into the mix. exactly <laughs> no, but, but it's it's it seems that um you've got google but there's not that social element in there which makes it seem why the amazon uh joint partnership was such a shrewd move yeah because they can tie on to a social media platform exactly i mean i wouldn't count out google they announced at io last year the google lens um so lens is also it's in the google cameras it's on most android devices after android nougat platform came out mm. um so you can scan a visual but at the moment they're mostly using it for location and they're using it with the maps team mm. so mm. in all their product demos of this it's essentially someone using the google camera to uh, point at eiffel tower for example and it'll mm. detect this is the eiffel tower it was built in x point it's the right. um you know or this is this restaurant here's its reviews would you like to book it's very google isn't it? it's very <laughs> google and yeah. it, you know it's useful um but conversations we're having that side i would um Definitely assume that they're going to integrate the Google AR core, which is their AR platform into this. And it would be a natural fit that the Google shopping tab is going to integrate with the free. Mm. Again, at the moment, they're using it um, as a consumer user base and something very useful to have with maps and locations. But Google is a media giant. Mm. They need to make mm. money off their technology innovations. It would make complete sense that they will also start using the lens code uh, on offline touch points, on object detect for brands, and also to drive mm. trial and purchase through Google Shopping. So for brands and marketers, this all obviously sounds really, really exciting. You know, as you say, to, to us, it certainly sounds exciting. You've had firsthand experience yep. of, of some of these tools as well. What's been your experience, would you say? Um, how have you found the, the, the benefits and the disadvantages? And what, 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 what is your sort of core message as, as well to, to marketers who... who we will be first to admit have a habit of sort of seeing brand shine new tool how can we scale it what can mm. we do with it we're a bit scared <laughs> this and that <laughs> yeah um i i do i'm i'm lucky that um like in previous roles my um basic mo was to know the market and what was emerging keep us relevant and be the one that tested and trialed mm. um so 2018 i basically made a new work stream called connected retail where i wanted to work on this intersection of bricks and mortar point of sale to ar mm. knowing that all the platforms were going to announce in the first half tons of um, AR and v-commerce and e-commerce and so on so we've actually ran four um, effects with the Facebook AR camera in the first half uh, we ran one uh, with Shazam through Blipar AR um, and then we also of course were working on the snap platform um, I think that they're all in infancy and everyone's kind of off the stumbling blocks at the moment in the race. So, of course, like any brand new platform facilitations, it's a learning experience for the platforms and for the brands. 
you need to be prepared for the unexpected. Um, so if there's an overnight update uh, to the platform, you have to resubmit your effect because it's been taken down because no it's no words. longer yeah. um, no longer against policy. <laughs> You're going to have to have like an extreme amount of um, composure, I'm afraid, and a, a confidence that um, it will bring sales attribution for the brand. I think the good news is, is while certain build platforms are free, like the Facebook AR, um, I would use them now because I think that it's not going to stay that way um, forever. Mm-hmm. But I'm also a, a big fan of encouraging marketers and brands to start, um, that done is better than perfect, mm. to give it a go. Um, I think that if nothing else on the social channels, it stands as a new format and as shiny and new as it is to us as marketers and agencies, it's also shiny and new to consumers. So the Mm, sentiment tends to be very high when you release an effect. Um, We ran um, for Nokia Mobile a Nokia 7 Plus Deconstruct. So the idea was that in the point of sale, um, you could scan the uh, device itself and in Facebook AR, it would um, completely deconstruct all the components of the phone inside, so like an explosion of the device. Incredible. This was to show you all the different components and the kind of quality of the craftsmanship within the device. Um, it works well for sales attribution at its store because you got to know more about how that was made and what a quality device it was compared to the competition. However, as you can share the effects direct to newsfeed, it also did well as a pure social piece of content mm. um, that was pretty nifty and pretty form-stopping. That's interesting the scope for it, isn't so, it? That, so that you can almost see it, it in, in one instance it becomes a shopping tool, in the other instance it becomes sort of content. A marketing tool say, like any other. Um, you know, it was the same Facebook also. They had a, a little AR piece that ran just in the news feed. They brought out their... Um, free D post. It was, ju- I remember it was just ahead of Mobile World Congress in February. Um, and Lego went out first with the, yeah, the first free D post. Little parrot yeah. They, did. they did a parrot, but I was ever, ever so slightly bitter because I was two days behind them with, um, being first to oh, the post. No. <laughs> I know. And I, I do like to be first. I remember doing an article <laughs> around that. Actually. Yeah. Um, they brought out a little bird and we answered with snake, which is always fun to have a little tete a tete yeah. between different brands, especially in the play and game gamification space oh yeah that seems to work really organically yeah i'll say i'm very excited to see what uh, everyone does with it hopefully if it is at the end of this year or the beginning of next year when it all starts to that's it, it, feel, yeah. it really feels like it's time to get there and it is exciting it feels like we've been waiting for it for ages now of course yeah and i'm keen to know real world examples as well because every it's funny for me who is you know not nearly as at the front of sort of tech, you know, everything seems very minority reporters, I suppose is the example you always get. So real world examples, because one of the things I was um, sort of reading on is the potential impact this could have on influencer marketing. One line we've said in the mm. future, everybody could be an influencer. So mm-hmm. for instance, I see somebody walking down the street and I've got the AR camera and I almost sort of like sneakily scan their pair of trainers that technically could, you know, Give to an option to would it would would you be able to register that with a tool? I suppose. Of course you would. Is, so I mean, just... you you can already do it. I mean, as much as we talk about it um, not being scaled yet and sort of coming out in the future, I think sometimes it's good to remember that you know IKEA had an AR um, app uh, from their catalogue offline to online and mobile use in 2015. Yeah. Ray Ban had a partnership with the Messenger Bot to do AR trial. 
um, back in 2016. Mm. Um, so these are technologies that existed, but everyone was using as third party, but now platforms are rolling it in native to the platform, yeah. which mm. means there's going to be a bigger scale now and we'll get the mass adoption curve. Mm. Um, but I think what's going to be scary for influencers, uh, not to be too... Um, I'm not sure what the word is, too, too negative. Um, but for example, if somebody um, was to integrate artificial intelligence and a back catalog such as Amazon, mm. um, then rather than having to product tag a post, um, potentially computers and machine learning could do that automatically for us. Um, so as soon as you upload um, a photo of you and your friend, it would just automatically ask if you want to tag the products that are present and it would be jumper, top shop, um, shoes from Steve Mann. Um, etc. So there's no reason you have to always have this consumer opt-in. So the way Snap are doing it at the moment is there's still a consumer action that opts into that, but it actually in the future wouldn't be necessary if you integrated some deep learning into the platform. Wow, so it would just be automatic. It would automatic do it. It could tell you what my outfit was and then do I become an influencer? That's it. It's almost like you need them all to us. six-year-old jeans. Yeah. <laughs> But that's, that that is mad when you think about it because naturally, you know, if you if you side with the will people do that, will they will they not? Of course, people will do that because yeah. every, to to an extent, you're sort of, you know, if you've got an outfit you're proud of, I suppose you would, you know. Take Certainly care. less hassle to remember all of the brand tags and what you're supposed to say and not supposed to say if a machine does it for you. But mm, then, of true. course, it is going to take significant revenue away from the influencers if it did happen. Yeah, because they'd, no, they'd no longer be able to charge for that because the platform's doing it. That's interesting. That, yes. uh, that is a sort of... And then I'm keen to know as well, another another question that we, we had on our minds for a while and one that you'll be able to answer, Kat, is... AR, VR. So we've seen, you know, we've, we, we, we're used to AR. AR is a thing. And then we have um, virtual reality, which I suppose has not nearly taken off in the same way, has it? And I feel what, like people were the, trying to make it happen a lot. It's been more, a sort of like, you know, hasn't happened yeah. But it, it, was, it was possibly sort of. before its time. Um, some of them have um, a certain barrier to entry with. Um, the cost of a VR headset um, versus the competitive landscape and perhaps what people are now willing to spend on a consumer electronic device, which mm. at the end of the day is what it is. Mm. You mm. definitely get scale in certain industries. Um, so creative industries, artists, um, you know, are starting to work with some of the latest stuff that's coming out from the guys at Google or mm. Oculus. Um, it's definitely still in the game. I think that it will take time. I think a lot of it is still um, aesthetics of what something looks like yeah. um, as well. Um, I know that when the Google Glass came out, for example, and we were still in the kind of wearable phase of tech, um, I did hear a few people refer to them as glass holes, the one that were wearing them. So uh, it is... This is almost a stigma. <laughs> it is perhaps kind of a little stigma. I mean, you know, you, you can't walk into the office wearing a VR headset. Well, no, you um, have. So I think perhaps some apparel partnerships could happen, work with the big boys, Luxottica. Um, instead mm. of working purely on design build, something that someone, no matter what, is going to wear, yeah. mm -hmm. um, then work with apparel companies that are best at that. You mm. do the tech and let them do the fashion. But surely Snap 
try to do that. Uh, obviously snap with glasses, AR not being able yeah. to snap glasses. And the first time around, they weren't as popular as they'd hoped they would be. But they didn't mm. they didn't completely tank. So like enough for them to bring out the second version, which were um more fashionable. But I still don't think they've got there. And I think it comes back to what you said earlier, Kat, with uh, convenience, especially when it comes to VR, that a giant headset just isn't convenient enough yet, maybe. Possibly. Um, they're quite heavy. I mean, I always love the Google thinking as well sometimes when they brought out their um, cardboard AR headset in response to Oculus. I mean, it was quite tete-a-tete and it was uh, <laughs> interesting to watch um, all of that happening. Um, it is true that you can take a cardboard box and put your smartphone into it and also have um, a VR headset. Um, but they'd be need to be lighter. They'd need to be more mm. discreet. Um, we got potentially the industry went a little ahead of themselves with glasses, um, both Google side, Snap side. Uh, but then, you know, we went ahead with wearables with the Apple Watch, for example. Mm. And that had scale. And I know a lot of people that have um, an iWatch. Yeah. I think it's a case of how discreet the wearable is to the user uh, and how useful it is in their day-to-day life. Mm. We'll bring things back to AR mm-hmm. um, because that is obviously where where it's all happening at the moment. And I'm, I'm I can't wait for it all to. Oh, just, you're getting you know, I, I want to get my phone out and scan. You say that now, but once it all else, really so starts happening, and we'll be like, right about that, right about that. It's like, oh, <laughs> all happening. We have to rationalise everything. <laughs> um, what uh so so again Kat, as as what are the wider opportunities i suppose i'd say for ar and augmented reality and what will be the potential opportunities that naturally people will miss that they should be aware of would you say um, I think that they have definitely got to start thinking about how e-tailers are going to naturally embed this native to the e-tail platforms mm-hmm. um, because consumers at the moment, uh, unless they start running native campaigns for the platform, as I said, and building a brand identity for the camera logos itself, mm. pushing to users that they now can do this within the app and the benefits of that, the only other way to do it is to drive traffic um, through points where people are already making purchase. And obviously the natural place for that would be eTail. Um, I would absolutely love to see like an embed uh, link on eTail websites where we can try a product direct on platform through Facebook camera, for example. Mm, um, mm. That would be excellent. Um, gamification is an easy win. So at the moment, the AR platform on Facebook, for example, it wasn't completely designed for uh, gamification, but we did do a snake front and back facing game. So mm. you can use the technology to do it, just wasn't designed that way. Mm. Um, but if they brought in, for example, um, multiplayer to the camera experience, that could make very interesting um, scale for them as the platform. We've seen before, obviously, many famous AR games scale uh, and go forward as a way to introduce to people that they can bring that in. Mm. Pokemon Go, yeah. obviously, but being example, the main one. Which yeah. people are playing again, by the way? Are they? I've, I've spotted a few people around town the last week. I've I'm missed saying, that. Something's happening. We, we, we seem to have your... I don't know if you see it ever around your offices or in London or ever, but we seem to have a... You can look out the window at the design sheet in this office now and then, and there will be 20 to 30 people playing Pokemon Go, doing mm. the... And they gather, They always gather outside boots. There was a Mewtwo in the office the other day, apparently. <laughs> it's, it's just completely... It's yeah. still... Uh, no, it's someone fascinating. Next to me I, never, I, I, I never sort of got to grips with but it. But that was massive when it happened. I know it died down fast, but yeah, you're right. If like brands can sort of latch on to the magic they created with that app, it could be 
quite I mean, what's, what's nice with the platforms offering AR is you'd no longer have to have the cost of building out your own app and driving app download because mm. they are, the users already have the app. Yeah. And then it's natural for brands that if you've captured a consumer profile that's opted in and through the correct regulations and agreed the terms and all that sort of stuff, um, you'll naturally have that footprint um, you know, within your cookie pool for the next 30 days to keep targeting. Um, so it's more beneficial potentially um, than having separate ecosystems um, mm-hmm. that just add greater complexity to already complex organizations. Yeah, no, for sure. It's interesting. And what and these, these sort of view from the developer community a, across the board of, of AR, is, is it one of positivity? Is everybody quite excited about this what 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 will they sort of be hearing you on this podcast what will they be urging you to say i suppose um, to give your I think side of that things we've got a nice little group of us it's quite supportive a lot of the platforms have their own groups that they facilitate official community groups for the ar developers um it's very active um so that every single day at least 10 15 posts uh, what's nice is they're global so we get to see different use cases all over the world mm. of who's using what. Mm, um, mm. We saw recently Facebook uh, brought out an update that was the uh, geo-tracking of AR. So this is now basically that you would be able to buy a location, um, which is similar um, to some of the snap filters that will pop up via geolocation. Yeah. Um, and somebody had designed for the uh, Modern Museum in Vienna, I think it was, um, a new exhibition in Facebook AR that as you're walking around the museum, yeah. different information can pop out yeah, based I've on location. Like yeah. Um, so these are great things that we're like seeing come through. Um, I've mentioned it a few times, but we would love to get that messenger code um, to start pushing traffic. That The problem we have at the moment is we will sell into organizations or agency or client direct that these are great things to get involved with. We put the cost into the build, um, but we don't have too much promotional right now from a platform side to push users into the camera from a platform perspective or from a brand. Mm, uh, and until mm. we got like a recognizable logo or call to action, just, I mean, it's completely possible. Um, Shazam did it easy, I would say, recognizable. Most consumers mm. know when they see that logo pop yeah. up on the TV, yes. open your Shazam, yeah. open the app. Um, so what can we start doing to start driving brand recognition of the AR that they also as a platform are working so hard mm. to put cost into an investment and get it to scale? I, I wonder if, like we mentioned before, Facebook sort of being a little bit quiet and maybe testing and sort of biding their time until they've got something that they're like really, really proud of and it's perfect. Maybe then they'll be able to promote it themselves and allow uh, it, it promotion It could be, elsewhere. and I'm sure they'll take their, their choice of partners. I'm sure there'd be a lot of hands in the air that if Facebook mm. came around saying, okay, we're ready to run a commercial beta on a, you know, a global TVC campaign with the logo, who wants to test and drive? Yeah. I'm sure there'd be a lot. Um, that we're looking forward to working on that. And very quickly, I've, I've got to wrap it up with one final question because we've, we've sadly run out of time. Um, we've seen a lot recently um, about a lot of younger users leaving Facebook and they're not technically lose, leaving Facebook because they're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Do you think that AR could be a way to rekindle a lot of that user base as we sort of, I don't know if I can say this, but maybe as we saw with Messenger, people flocking back to the platform to try, as we've said, you know, the shiny new service? Um, Well, I think that camera operates within the Messenger platform, and that is a um, 
natural um, movement that we've seen away from broadcast social where the millennials were happy to put a post out and have it public and potentially have it shared, whereas then we're seeing that Z much prefer more intimate, instant um, chats. Mm. I think that it's certainly they all brands and platforms need to keep innovating. It's the only way we maintain interest. Um, otherwise, like everything, if you've watched the same TV series, you know, 10 times over, it starts to uh, wane on you a little. So yeah. I think it's certainly keeping things interesting and that's always good. But I think that the AR will be here in scale. We'll see some good uh, um, e-commerce coming out. I think that voice will start to play a much bigger part on social platforms. And I think that the the voice frontier is something that the uh, Gen Z and influencers, for example, will have to change because then we'd move um, from what's traditionally been pay for video for pay for voice, uh, which is a little bit kind of reverse engineering all the way back to kind of radio times. We go back more sonic Um Things like podcasts, for example, we're seeing an absolute rise mm, pause, pause. in Sonic. Um, <laughs> so it, it's, it's almost, um, you know, it, it's a little bit what goes up must come down, but in the sense of, you know, what goes forward must come backwards. We tend mm. to revert back to technologies, but use them in a new and more innovative way. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to like a return to voice and where that space is going to play out. Fascinating. Big as things always. on the Yes, really looking forward to it. Kat, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. The podcast. Finally enjoyed. Thank you. Great. Enjoyed this episode? A like, a share, or a quick review will enable us to bring you hard hitting truths and outrageous social secrets every week. This has been the Social Minds Podcast with Theo, Eve, and music by Pierre Flass. <laughs>